Blog Talk Radio. and welcome to the show. This is the Tom Stevens Show. I am your host, Tom Stevens, a psychotherapist in Houston, Texas, bringing you the one of the best shows I've ever had, actually, tonight. We are going to feature an amazing new, just a year-old Christian school that has a new concept, a new way of doing things. And let me tell you, if you've thought about different schools to send your child to, uh, all types of learning, no matter what level they're at. Uh, this is one you want to listen to tonight because it's going to be a special show, and I've got some great guests to talk about it tonight. Real quickly about myself and why we do this show. I am a psychotherapist. I work with children, teenagers, and adults. have been doing it over 20 years, and one of the things I see all the time are people that are stuck. Either they feel like they don't have the answers, they don't know what to do with their children, their marriage, their family, And one thing that happens over and over again is people don't get help. So I thought, let's start this talk show and let's do topics and let's do information that lets people change their lives. And that's what we're doing here, bringing a real life psychotherapist out into your living room. And tonight we're going to feature an amazing school, Elam Christian School, higher on the west side of Houston, Texas. And it is uh, just such a unique concept, and I've been closely involved with it myself, and I thought I want to bring a couple of the board members on to talk about what this school is and what separates it from the rest. I'm even going to bring a parent on tonight from the school to actually tell you nuts and bolts inside how their child likes the school, what the good, what the bad is, the things to ask, and the reasons why your child should go to this school or somebody you know. And I think I just got cut off, but I am back somehow. The network was down, and I am back. Don't worry about that, everybody. We're going to keep on going. Anyway, to get on with this show, Elam Christian School, I'm going to give you a quick mission of who they are. It's to provide a biblically-based, Christ-centered education for students of all academic abilities, developing their full potential and inspiring them to live for the glory of God. Y'all, I went to this school today. I met some amazing young students. They were friendly, they were courteous, they were kind, they were giving, and they seemed like they were having a ball. And when I see that in different schools as a therapist, because I visit them all the time, it makes me smile because the last thing I want to see are children in schools who are bored, who are frustrated, who are worn out, who are overworked. And we're going to see some cool features this school has too that uh, are going to knock your socks off to go along with it. I'm going to bring out as my first guest today uh, the chair of the board of this school, Elam Christian School, and tell you briefly about him before I get him on. But his name is Dr. Glenn Holzman. He has over 35 years in public and private education as a teacher, principal, head of school. He and his wife, Judy, have two children that are grown. And let me tell you, he's got a resume that Uh, I can't even read through the whole thing, but he's got a Ph.D. in educational administration from Iowa State University. He's run different schools, been the superintendent of Shiloh Christian School in Arkansas, the head of school for Northwest Academy here in Houston, and also an adjunct professor for the Graduate School of Education at Liberty University. And with all those credentials, I would think if he's a guy that wanted to start a school, 
he's the one I would follow. Glenn, are you there? I am, Tom. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being on the show tonight. I, I want to get as much information to people as I can about this show, so I'm going to kind of just fire away and let you tell me what what you – well, tell the people what you can about uh, Elam Christian School. But first, first question with it is, especially as the guy who – one of the main ones who had the vision for this school to begin with, and you've been around several schools, is what makes Elam like – how do you describe it to the general public? Everybody's used to public school. Everybody's used to private school. Everybody's used to, well, kind of homeschool. What would you say Elam Christian School is if you had to say it in, I don't know, 10 or 15 seconds? Uh, Tom, this is when I wish I had a Venn diagram. Envision <laughs> a circle being public schools and a circle being uh, private Christian schools and a circle being homeschool. We would be... Uh, in the middle there, we would be part of each. Uh, we would have the spiritual foundation of a private Christian school. We'd have the individual parent involvement in the, in the students' lives, a home school. And then we will have the uh, special services and um, programming that a public school can offer that a lot of uh, private Christian schools can't offer uh, because of their limitations. And then we yeah, that's what uh, we, I was are, we are we are we're we're reaching out to a part of the community that uh, a number of us have seen as Christian educators, uh, students who were turned away from Christian schools because they they didn't meet the entrance uh, requirements and the schools at that time did not have the services to meet their special needs, and some students who even who we we worked with who had to leave the school because they couldn't. They couldn't keep up, and so it broke our hearts to see Christian parents who had students who, who, uh, who had special needs, who learned differently, but just couldn't quite fit into what was being offered by the, the normal Christian school in, in the Houston area. So uh, God put it on our heart to start a program that we would reach out to those, those students and those families as a place of... Uh, of hope and, and renewal and refreshment that uh, they could put their students in to have a, a Christian education to meet the individual needs of the students in a, in a faith-based school. Which is a great point. Does that mean this is only a special needs school or only a certain type of student needs to be there? It didn't seem that way to me today because I saw a wide array of students. So who belongs there? Well, the, the, the students we are looking for are, are students who cannot find services in the area of Christian schools due to their uh, unique uh, academic or developmental needs. Um, students from Christian families currently may be receiving special education at public schools who are looking for a faith-based education for their, for their kids. And students who have experienced failure or frustration in other academic settings um, or students needing a small group or individualized a learning experience. Our vision for the school is Sunday to, to, to have all learning uh, levels in our schools, from those who are gifted to those who, who have uh, very unique needs. Right now, our, our focus is on those students who, who have more of the unique needs, um, who, who need the more one-to-one -one, uh, attention, small groups, our, our attention, our our vision is that we will never have more than seven students to one one teacher so we can uh, give the students that individual attention. We will develop what we call personal education plans, similar to the IEPs that people are used to. So right now, Tom, our, our, our focus is on, on students with special needs, um, and uh, but somewhere down the road as we, uh, as we grow and we expand, we hope to bring in in all levels of learning, particularly siblings of the students who have special needs. Rather than breaking families up and one student going to a school that meets their needs and another that maybe comes to Elam, we can have the, the whole family there and meet the needs of the whole family, the siblings, so they can grow up together in a Christian, uh, private Christian school environment. That was really cool. That was a great idea because I've heard that before. And what this reminded me of when I visited the school today was, you know, a lot of people have seen startup churches or church plants in different areas where people start with a small group and kind of grow. And this is 
a startup school that one day could very possibly be a whole lot bigger. And I think it's kind of like at least for the clients I see in my office, it's a hard concept to grasp to be a part of something when it starts like this. We're used to going into a school that is already jam-packed with hundreds of students and fitting in. But I think it's almost a unique opportunity for people to be a part of a school that is starting up because they get so much special care and so much focus and the staff is so enthusiastic. But talk briefly about like a startup school and, and you being a part of, of growing something from birth. Well, certainly it took a step of faith by all of us on the board. Yeah. And um, we we were recipients of a wonderful startup gift that really uh, we felt was God's hand saying, okay, it's time to uh, step out of the boat and, and trust me. And, and so uh, a year ago we did open our doors. And uh, as much courage as it took us, we had – uh, parents of eight students even had more courage who were willing to put their mm-hmm. their resources and their time and their students into a concept that, um, you know, is, is, is developing as we go along. Uh, and uh, so I give a lot of credit to our parents our, this first year, and we're now into our second year, who, who stepped out. And so, you know, there are challenges. Finding a place was, was a big challenge. We've been blessed by Peace Community Church, and uh, over on Attic Satsuma off of uh, Highway 6 over in the Bear Creek area. We thought we wanted to be over in the Cypress uh, 290 corridor, but this is where God has placed us, and Peace Community has been the perfect place for us. They're accommodating. They love our school. They love our students, and they have a real heart for uh, for reaching into the community and and helping our our families uh, meet their students' needs. So, uh, it's just a perfect place for us right now. And I want to say this to everybody listening out there, because I know there's a lot of people showing up on my board here that are calling in just to listen. If you want to call and ask Dr. Holzman or any of our guests a question or the parent that's going to talk later, call area code 347-838-9737. I'm going to say it one more time. That's area code 347-838-9737. And when you call, hit the hit the number one. It'll put you in our calling queue and we will get right to you in a few minutes to ask your question and that brought me up to the website too i want to make sure everybody knows it's elamchristianschool.org is the website if you'll go to that elamchristianschool.org that is e-l-i-m christianschool.org which leads me into elam why the name dr holzman and what is the well, why the Christian philosophy and what do you think difference does that make uh, on a twist of just a regular old private school? Well, when when we envision the school, what God laid on our heart is that uh, he has made all children. He's made them uniquely. He's made them different. And that's what's so wonderful about God's kingdom. And we were under the conviction that, that students, uh, no matter how God has made them, should have an opportunity to attend uh, a Christian school. And and so uh, we, we were dealing with, with many families that had dealt with a lot of frustration, whether in the government schools or even in, in other private or private Christian schools. And so Elam came about, it's out of Exodus uh, 15, and it, it, it's the second spring that the tribe of Israel came to out of a time of bitterness and weariness and persecution it doesn't say a lot about Elam in the Bible, but we we uh, looked into it and, and said it, it's a place of um, of seventy palms and and many twelve springs. So we thought it was a place of refreshment and renewal, and so that's what we wanted the school to be. We wanted it to be a place of refreshment and renewal for for families that have had challenges with their students and maybe had been frustrated and even hurt. In, a, in other organizations. Mm-hmm. And so that, that's what's behind the, the Elam in, in Elam Christian in Elam Christian School. And yeah, boy. Um, I'm Go sorry. Go ahead. Uh, what was the second part of your question, Tom? I'm sorry. Well, it was the why, and you kind of answered that, why the Christian philosophy, the name Elam, but why a Christian philosophy compared to any other private? There's lots of private schools out there. We know that. Uh, there are lots of expensive private schools out there, and some of them uh, mark themselves as, uh, you know, more top-notch. But you have a specific reason for that philosophy 
of keeping Christ at the center. And, and really, I saw it throughout all the relationships of the children today. There's a real different purpose in why they are there. Yeah, you know, the, the students that we deal with and the families we deal with, especially unique challenges, and it, it, we, we believe that, uh, you know, Christ has called us to minister to the least of these, and that's not a way to, to look down on people, but it just means that they have greater need. And so we, we're driven by that conviction that Christ has called us to work with, with all students and all families and all children, no matter what their circumstances are. Mm-hmm. So that's really the driving purpose be, behind us. And, um, and, and it, it, we have found among our families, and uh, our parents might speak to that, that it has, we have been able to be that place of um, refreshment and renewal and, and peace and, and hope for them that there is hope for their kids to, to be all that God would have them to be, and no matter what that might be and what God's calling them to be. And what you feel like, Dr. Holzman, the best way is for parents out there who are thinking about Elam, or not even Elam, but just, you know, gosh, where do I take my child? Public schools are overcrowded today. Private schools are getting more and more crowded, and sometimes moving the focus to performance and performance and getting better and better and, and, and grades and and achievement and losing sight of the child. But what would you say to the parents out there who are having a hard time or don't know where to go, and yet, I don't know, part of me thinks go see the school or part of me thinks call and talk to a Glenn Holzman. But what would you suggest to people who are out there questioning right now and they don't know whether to – to move forward with it? Well, it, the first thing they can do is, is listen to this whole program and listen to some of the testimony of our parents and, and, and some of the other board members. But the best thing for them to do is what you did today, Tom, is just come by. Uh, there's things that we can talk about, but it's hard to describe the spirit that you'll feel when you come into Elon Christian School, the sense of, of camaraderie and family. You you see students at different age levels uh, who might have, although they're at different ages, may have similar abilities, so we do mixed groups. But how they're looking out after one another and how they've gelled as, as, a, as a group. And to come in, ask questions, ask the hard questions. And we're going to be as transparent as we possibly can uh, with parents as they come in. We're not going to oversell because we don't want to underdeliver. We're going to be upfront about what we can and cannot do. And then it'll be we'll sit with the parents and talk about their 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 frustrations, the needs of their students, and we'll tell them what we think we can do. And then it's then it's a time to pray whether that's the right place and the right fit for them. And so the best thing for them to do is come by and visit Dave. We do have the website. It's a, it's a fledgling website. Uh, our phone number is on there. You can come and set up an appointment with Diane Horner, who's our teacher principal there, and come by and just visit and take a look at the school. Excellent. Dr. Holzman, will you hang on? Because I know we have some callers wanting to ask questions, and they might need you to answer them. So can you hang on just for a little bit for the show? My pleasure. All right. Thanks so much. We're going to come back to Glenn Holzman with that. And also, anybody's welcome to call me or get in touch with me about the school as well, because that um, – is something that's close to my heart. Next guest I want to go to is Bridget Hughes. Uh, Bridget has experience extraordinaire. Um, you know, she's been in public and private school education, has over 23 years directing and developing uh, the NILD discovery programs for Christian schools. Uh, she's married, has two grown children, a master's degree in special education from Prairie View A&M. I could go on and on and on about her, but I think I'm just going to go ahead and bring her in and and just ask a few questions. Bridget, you there? I am, Tom. How are you? (laughs) I am excited, excited to talk about Elam Christian School and also to have you on because I think you're going to be able, on top of Glenn, to, to give us some more nuts and bolts of, like, what's going on inside the school because when parents ask questions about school, many times they ask about, curriculum they ask about what's it like in there like sometimes they look at schools and say oh you're not jam-packed with a waiting list with 25 kids in each class well are you really that good sometimes they ask about whether schools are accredited or not but i'm going to dive into a couple questions with you and you you kind of shoot me the answer is that okay that's perfect thanks 
any students at Elam, or not at Elam School, but any students considering Elam School that you would say are not a good fit? Mm, that is a very good question. You know, Elam celebrates differences. And mm -hmm. right now, because of its size, Tom, the admissions committee may not be able to accept a student, sort of like what Dr. Holzman said, due to the fact that Elam currently is limited with staff or facilities to meet a particular child's emotional, physical, or academic needs. But it is the board's vision to serve a diverse population of students. So again, we'd be looking at each one of them individually. Okay. So when it comes to, and I'll just speak from my own experience as a psychotherapist who, you know, I talk to schools, teachers, administrators all the time, and I deal with children that have ADHD, children that have dyslexia, children that have autism, children that have Asperger's, oppositional defiant disorder, can go on and on and on. How do y'all put children with all these different issues together and make it work? <laughs> well, it's quite fun, actually. <laughs> Elam, Elam does not and will not turn down a child with or without these challenges. Mm -hmm. um, the students with one or more of these may definitely have more difficulty adapting and focusing in a wrong learning environment. So that's what we're about is creating that right fit, that right learning environment for those students. And if, once you do that, they're going to thrive. And it's going to be challenging, of course, because you've got a diverse group, but our, the staff there at Elam, what a, what a wonderful staff. I can't say enough about that. But they're wanting to help all of the learners to develop their full potential and just to live for the glory of God. Well, let me ask you this, too, because having been there, like I told Glenn, I was there today watching the students in class. I, I was talking to them. We got to introduce ourselves, and they were adorable. The teachers were phenomenal. I even got to sit and read a book uh, with one of the guys in the room, and it just it felt comfortable. And you know what it didn't feel like was it didn't feel stressful. It didn't feel rushed. It didn't feel anxious. And I see enough children, Bridget, in my office with any kind of learning issue that are extremely difficult to deal with sometimes. But the way that they manage those rooms is phenomenal to me. And I wondered, and, and you know the thing that hit on me today that uh, I just wanted to jump up and cheer for was when they told me there is no homework at this school. <laughs> what about that? that? I, know, I know, and I think the parents would cheer uh would say a hallelujah on that as well. That is that is a great advantage because <laughs> <laughs> for for many people, right? Um, it's almost illegal the in this world today. <laughs> well, they're so busy during the day, and mm. there's project based learning, and they have a lot of hands on. They keep them busy for sure. And maybe you know one of the things that we would encourage in the evening is, of course, always reading with your child. But they are challenged during the day. They like I said, they're busy. Um, they are happy to go to school, not because they don't have homework, but because they are feeling fulfilled, they're happy, their stress level is down, parents' stress level is down. Mm -hmm. um, you know how it is to have children come and bring things home, and you don't know how to do it yourself. So so um, you don't know what the teachers taught that day and how to even do the new math or the old math. So, um, yeah, they, they are uh, getting enough... Uh, of the academics during the day, the socialization, um, all of those busy activities as well as physical activities so that they're good and tired and they get the rest they need ready to go for the next day. So when people look, and especially parents, look for schools for their children, uh, especially if there's any kind of learning issue or challenge for a child keeping up in school at all, uh, parents are pretty picky. And so parents look really closely. And so what do you feel like the biggest strengths of Elomar compared to any other school, whether they have 10 students or 400 students? What do you think Elon does to separate itself? Well, of course, it does have all of the, you know, the curriculum that meets the standards for the Common Core for math and language arts. So it has all of that. That's always a question for the parent, right, you know, from yeah. the parent. So we're, we're making sure that they're getting good foundation in math, language arts, um, mm -hmm. spelling, all of those types of things. But also, 
Tom, when we were really uh, out there trying to meet folks that were interested in Elam, what we heard from those families the most was, I just want my child to feel good about themselves. I want their self-esteem to come up. Right now, they are miserable and they're unhappy. And so we are seeing the students. Like you said, when you walk in there, you feel a different spirit. And we are seeing the children happy and them thriving and loving and caring for one another and hearing God's word and they are they're just precious. It is a different spirit there. Um, you know, there are challenges, of course, but there's less challenges at Elam, I believe, than the advantages. The challenges are, are very minimal. There's, the you know, the little paperwork, developing documents and policies and all of those administrative type of things that we have to do. We need volunteers, you know, to help out with, you know, the field trip, all of that, and our we have several parent volunteers, and they are a welcomed commodity and highly revered. We we thank them. And I guess just, you know, getting the word out about Elam. But I think the one thing is that the children feel like they have a place. They're in the right learning environment. They're thriving, and they're becoming all that God intended for them to be. Well, and especially with the school that has, like I said, no homework and enough parents these days <laughs> go to social events, go to sporting events, go to whether it's speech therapy or whether it's counseling or whether it's any kind of other extra learning. And they go to enough appointments. The last thing they need is appointments. I mean, is um, extra homework that goes on at the end of the day, you know? That's right. Goodness. Let me ask, right. or, or ask you my last question for this segment. Anybody wants to call in, 347-838-9737. Again, 347 347- Eight three eight nine seven three seven. I know we got a lot of callers on the board here. If you want to talk to us or ask a question of any of our guests, just hit the number one. You'll be put in our queue. Uh, my co-host will get there and talk to you and get your name and get you all set up. So, Bridget, with Elam, is there any type of special testing? I mean, any, like if parents are considering a school like Elam, any special testing that has to be done ahead of time? What's the process of getting in there? Absolutely. Well, Elam Admissions Committee requests that students with any learning differences submit a comprehensive educational evaluation that's been done within the past three years. Um, That's just in order for us to see their potential, where their strengths are, where their weaknesses are, and be able to design that personal educational plan for them. Other testing might include the standardized testing, you know, from the public school or maybe a private school. If they've had any speech and language evaluations, medical reports, and um, ADHD, something like that, uh, from the pediatricians or the psychiatrist. There may be some reports from occupational therapists as well. It's just going to depend upon the student. But that is just so that we have a comprehensive view of that child. And we are, again, looking at the strengths and looking at the weaknesses and wanting to develop a plan that's individualized for that child. And can people call and say, you know what, I want my son or I want my daughter to just come, I'm never my best judge of it. I want them to come over there for a day and and just kind of be a part of that school and see what it's like. Can they do that? Yes. Yes, they would just need to call Diane Horner, the principal teacher, and set up a time that they could shadow so that they could just see what it's all about. We welcome that for sure. Cool. So, Bridget, will you hang around, like I told Glenn, for the questions that are coming from the callers and and follow up with us in a few minutes? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, Thank awesome. You. Thanks so much. Just like we said before, if you go to elamchristianschool.org, elamchristianschool.org, that is E-L-I-M, you will get all the information you need on Elam, and you talk to Diane Horner, who is the uh, principal teacher of the school, and she's the one who will take care of you while you're there. So I want to go on to my next guest because my next guest is actually a parent of the school. Yeah, a parent of the school. And so, you know, it's one thing to talk to board members. It's another thing to talk to um, teachers, you know, the people who are going to talk really good about a school and things like that. But it's a whole other ballgame when you talk to a parent. And parents sometimes uh, are the most honest. They give you the real scoop on things. Michelle Martinez is going to talk to us. And boy, does she have quite a story with her family. She has a son, Zachary, who is 14 years old and at Elam now. I spoke to Zachary this morning, 
and he was pretty pumped to know that his mom was going to be on the radio tonight. And uh, she also has two other children, and I'm going to let her kind of tell briefly about that. But, Michelle, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yes, Michelle. Tell us the makeup. Thank you, first of all, for being on the show. But tell us the makeup of your family. Sure. My husband and I have three children. Um, Zachary's our youngest. He's 14. And then we also have a 20, two daughters who are 23 and 20. Um, our oldest just graduated from college, and our 20-year-old's our a junior in college. And both of our daughters actually went through public school and were really strong students and did well in the public school system. Um, Zachary is 14, and he has a language learning difference. He's been in speech therapy since he was three and a half. And he attended public school since he was in fourth grade and was a special ed student. And he was, can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, great. Um, And he was a special education student um, in school. Um, And then in fifth grade, we decided um, to move him to a specialized school for children who have a language learning difference. And he attended there for one year. Um, but at that point, at that point, he did age out. Um, he was, um, you know, too old to go on after that first year. So then he went mm-hmm. to another school out in the Galleria for um, children with learning differences, and he was at that school for a year before we found Elam last year, and then we moved into Elam um, last year when they opened. So you have traveled, and boy, you're like the perfect y'all. If you want to call in and ask a mom who has like been around the block and experienced every type of, of I think public to private to um, <laughs> other kind of schools, this is probably the one to do it. Three four seven eight three eight nine seven three seven because Michelle, you uh, you have run the gamut with schools, and how, what is that like for a mom who? has had two children that you're describing in college have kind of flown through school and done really well. And, and then you've got one here with Zachary that you have to really be careful about where you place him in school. Right. It was, um, it was challenging because we were, we were used to um, our girls um, not having problems academically, not struggling with school. And, and Zach did struggle and still does struggle with school because it's hard for him with that language learning difference. Um, so it, it was challenging. Um, we went to he went to school in the Galleria for a year, and we live in Cyprus, and so that was really stressful for us um, because yeah. he spent two and a half hours in the car every day driving to and from school because of the traffic, and we started to see he was exhausted and angry and dealing with some of that anxiety that you talked about earlier. And uh, even though the school was a good school, it was just hard for him to be in school for eight hours and then spend two and a half hours in the car. So so when we found Elam, we were so thrilled that we could find a school with a Christian environment that was much closer to home and still provided that individualized curriculum that he needed and that small teacher-to-student ratio that he also needed. Yeah, I mean, that's what I wondered. Like when I went by there today, uh, there were all different kinds of children, but they all – we're doing what they needed to do for them to learn. And I, I've got to think that no homework thing has got to be kind of a relief for you at the end of the day. Yes, it, it is because, you know, kids who have special needs or learning senses, a lot of times they do have therapy and other, you know, things like that. My son does speech therapy twice a week. So after being in school all day and then going to therapy, you know, homework can be a, a bit of a challenge because his brain's kind of exhausted and tired. He has to work so much harder than the average child when it comes to school. And so not having the the homework actually kind of relieves some of that pressure for us as a family as well as for him um, and makes it – we have less meltdown, so to speak. So it's been good. Well, and that's what I was going to wonder. Like I, I was going to ask you just kind of personally with what I do every day as a therapist, a lot of what I see from students when they come into me is, is the anxiety, the stress, the – frustration, the depression, the combination of emotions from school, from the pressure to perform, from the pressure to go from one place to the other. It, it's a lot of anxiety. And that to me is overlooked a lot of times that I think parents take the brunt of because in school, traditionally, it's just push, push, push. And I see anxiety all the time, Michelle, in in students that they're just too over, they're burnt out. 
Right, right. Um, we definitely saw it um, just in the year that we were traveling across the city just to get him to school. Um, and it was just an exhausting year for him. And so he's much happier when I pick him up from carpool from Elam. He's happy, and he's usually in a good mood, and he always says he has a great day at school, and he's made friends, and he's had play dates, and he's now got a group of friends that live in this general area of northwest Houston that he can hang out with, whereas before when he went to school across the city, those those friends were, you know, my, live in Sugarland or Pearland. So this has been good because it's provided him almost with a, a community of friends that accept him for who he is and um, that, you know, he gets along with. And, and mm-hmm. all kids of all ages, too. Wow, that's excellent. Boy. Okay, parents out there, Michelle, that, and I'm sure you've run into a lot of them, they're either on the fence they don't know what to do. They've got a child that's just not its not working in the school that they're in now, whether it's public school, private school, or even homeschooling. Like, it's just not working. They're, they can't get their needs met. They can't uh, find the right system, the right social environment. What, like, what's your advice to them? To Because sometimes I think they feel paralyzed. Like, I just don't know what to do. Or, man, if I go look at a private school, it's so expensive, and I don't know if we can do that. It's just going to change everything. What's your advice to parents who just have not searched it out yet? Um, I would say start making visits. I felt the same way. I remember a friend pulling her child out of public school when Zach was in fourth grade and putting him in private school, and I thought, we can't afford this. We can't do this. I work full time. How are we going to manage this? But we did. We managed to work around it. But I think my advice would be that, you know, for parents is to visit all the different schools um, that are out there. Um, There's not a lot in Houston, but there are several schools. But just go see the different types of schools and see what academic environment is best suited for your child. Um, Visit with the teachers and the administrators to get a feel for for the environment and if it's suited um, for your child. Um, I know we visited one school, and it's very with dress code, and and I knew that that school wouldn't be a good fit for my child because he would probably have a problem due to some of the sensory issues, having to keep his shirt tucked in and wear a belt, and, and that he would struggle, you know, unbuckling. And so there's certain places that are better fit. You can tell where, what the environment's like. I would also have your child, if you think you like a school and want to kind of see if this is a good fit for the, for your child, have your child attend the school for a day and, and um, sit in the classroom and be part of the classroom, see what they say about it and if they enjoyed it. But then while he, they're there, see if you can observe an hour or two so you can see how the teacher instructs and, and how your child interacts with the other children. And I would say start your search earlier than later because most private schools start their admissions process in the early spring. So, you, you know, now is a perfect time in the fall to start visiting, to start making those decisions for the spring. And um, once again, as a parent, you will want to observe the classroom and and see if it's a good fit. And and also, I think an important thing that I think I thought for a long time is my child was getting speech services through the public school district. And I thought, well, if they go to private school, he won't get that speech therapy anymore. But um, they can still receive those speech services through a service Mm. plan from the local school district. So there are, you know, there's a lot of options for that. And then the last thing I would say would be talk to other people who have children with a learning difference, who maybe are in private school. Find out why they like that school and how that school has worked for them and try to find that network, that support group, whether it's a support group through an organization or even, you know, there's support groups for kids with special needs, parents with kids with special needs on Facebook because that community of parents who have children with special needs is a great community because they yeah. have so many, so much information, so many resources that sometimes they are more of an expert than anyone else, and they can guide you to, to you know, some of that information that you might need. Yeah. So a lot of what you're talking about is stay connected, get more information, and by all means, and I'll tell you this as a therapist because I work with schools all the time is go to the school, like, get, go over there and see it. Like, if, if the school's not going to let you in, then it's probably not a school you want to go to. So you want to go to a school and, and feel what it's like. Sometimes I tell parents even, like, to go by themselves 
and just feel what the classrooms are like so that they can get a feel of what they think their child would like and then bring your child in and see. And and sometimes uh, it's good to just feel the environment and to feel the day and to spend, like I did today, a couple hours there just really watching them shift from one class into the other and and how cool it was. So, Michelle, thanks so much. Can you hang in there, too, because there might be some questions for you. You've got, like, a lot of information yep. these parents need. Yes, awesome. I'll be glad. Okay, hang in there because I want to go to a caller real quick, too, and, and see if we can find out some other uh questions that people have. I've had a couple of questions texted into me as well. But I want to go to a caller here. Mary, are you there? Yes, I'm here. All right. What is your question for any one of these people, really? Okay. Well, I would like to, I do have a question, but I wanted to make a comment that I find this to be a very, really interesting concept. And um, I wish it all the luck in the world and hope it goes forward. My question is, in this age of technology, I'm very interested in knowing how does the school use the technology in the classroom, for example, computers, PowerPoint, et cetera? Good question, technology. All right, let me ask. i tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to bring um, – let me bring Bridget and Glenn back in. Which one of you all wants to talk about that? Oh, Glenn, are you there? Or Bridget, are you there? I'm here. I'm here. Right, well, Bridget. yes, we are using we are using the tablets. They're using I can't the tablets. I didn't even like mention that. Like I saw all those today. It was you impressive. saw the tablets, right? Yes. yes. And so they're gotten very creative with that. And you know, these students they know so much more than <laughs> the teachers sometimes about that. But yes, they are integrating that. There's some. They have textbooks online. Um, so they're doing a lot of, of things with uh, technology. So all of these students had Chromebooks, new ones, right, right mm-hmm. Dr. Holzman? Yes, those are provided Brand by new. the school. Oh, and come on. So now when people say this school is too expensive, I can't believe it, when you factor in that they have this as a part of their education, it's phenomenal, like really, compared to where it's out there. Because uh, yeah, part, of, part of what – many of our students challenge with, and, and I can relate to this, is, is, is putting their thoughts down on paper and just handwriting sorts of things. And so this, this frees them up uh, and where they can uh, put their thoughts and words down and easily correct them, and they can share them among one another. And um, so they, they don't take the Chromebooks home yet. We haven't quite gotten that far. Uh, <laughs> but they don't have homework, so there's no reason to take them home right now. But They've been a great learning tool for us. And then our teachers also do presentations uh, on uh, – they're not projected, but they're on a, a large screen, and so we use those sorts of things. But they do their research online, and as Bridget said, they have textbooks online and things like that. And I wanted to follow up with that question on the cost before because I know – uh, people say that to me when they come for therapy about how expensive it can get. And I, I always say, first of all, you get what you pay for. And second of all, you have to look at everything that's involved and the amount of time and attention and focus like I watched each student get today was, was phenomenal. And so when people consider that it's expensive, you've also got to consider you know, your travel time and, and the fact that you've got um, – you know, the gift of them doing all of this work at school and bringing none of that home so the kids can play and be free and be stre- not so stressed out when the next school day comes. I can't help but think that helps these students be able to go home, release the energy, and be ready for tomorrow and actually want to go to school because they know they're not going to be carrying these big backpacks home every day. Well, we would love to give it away if we could because we, we believe so highly in our school, but we have our bills to pay and our teachers to pay. And we do have the, the guarantee that it will be uh, seven to one. You'll never have more than seven students per per teacher. And even in your private schools, uh, normally the number that number is between 15 to 20. So mm-hmm. what we would ask, what I would ask parents to do is look at it as, is it a value? Is it fulfilling the, the needs for their family and for their students? And it is, a, is it the value that they want to invest in their children's lives. And they're the only ones that have to decide that. We know it, it, it takes it takes money to do that. And um, 
We promise to be the best stewards we possibly can with the money that they entrust with us, and 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 we'll do the best job we can to uh, to, to uh, run an efficient and effective program. Yeah, that's that's pretty good. And how accessible they are there! Like you can go right in, get all the questions answered. And I feel like the teachers are really um, invested in each of the children as well. Yeah, that's pretty good. Let me ask you, I wanted to ask one other thing because I wanted to try and bring Michelle back in on this. Michelle, because you as a parent, like what do you feel like? I mean, you've been around several different private schools, right? Right, I have, yes. So what do you think the difference is between, let's say, an Elam and all the other private schools? Because some of them are big, some of them are really expensive, some of them, um, like you said, have strict dress codes. It's very, um, They're very big on the image of things. What do you feel like sells Elam? Uh, presents it differently than all the other ones you've been to? Not necessarily better, but just a uniqueness to okay. it. Sure. Um, well, I will say that most of the schools that serve children with learning differences in Houston are very expensive, and Elam was much more affordable than the majority of the specialized schools. So we we actually considered it quite a bargain when we, we moved to Elam. <laughs> but um, the other difference, I think, is that um, Elam's unique in that I haven't come across um, a school that serves that population of children with learning differences, that's a Christian school. And Elam's a Christian school with Christian teachers, and the children study the Bible each day. They pray before lunch. They do service activities in the community. So there's you, you get the best of both worlds, I think. You get the, the private Christian education, but, it's, but you also receive that individualized curriculum that so many children like my child need um, because, um, you know, there are a lot of schools out there that, um, like in public school, for example, they, they don't have the capability many times to do individualized curriculum. So ELM is able to um, do individualized curriculum for each child based on where they are academically, um, and they group the children based on their abilities rather than, than their age. So um, it allows the child to learn where they're at. Um, and I think also, you know, they have a dress code that is very relaxed. We, we have shirts with a logo, but... There's different styles of shirts with a collar, without a collar, and then they can either wear khaki shorts or khaki pants or jeans, and so it's it's very flexible. Um, they don't have to have their shirts tucked in. They don't have to wear belts. They don't have to wear, you know, button downs. And so for a child who maybe has struggles with their fine motor skills or maybe has sensory um, issues, they, they you know, don't have, have to be constrained by a certain dress code. So there's a lot of positive things at Elam that I've seen, and those are some of the things that really stood out to me. Excellent. Yeah, that whole thing of, you gosh, you touched on so much, Michelle. You've got a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the things that help them, when it comes to the sensory and the, the speech, the language, the relationship, all of that stuff. Super cool at this school because it's really relaxed. I want to go to the next caller, Mich- Melinda. Are you there, Melinda? Yes, I'm here. Melinda, welcome to the show. Tell me what question you got. Well, um, I I think the biggest one I have right now is just um, are there any children that this school is not suited for? Um, Different kinds. Would you think age? Would you think the way that they learn, whether it's intelligence, whether it's any kind of learning issues, things like that? Well, I think age is a big one uh, because I have so many different ages are such a wide range and um but yeah learning disability learning learning abilities what uh what is better than most i mean are, is it normal functioning is it yeah low, let, let, you know let me bring in bridget on that one and mm-hmm. just see bridget what do you think about the differences because yeah. there could be a wide range of ages uh, and there could also be a wide range of learning differences. What do you think about kids that maybe it's either not suited for or perfect for at Elam? Right. Right now, like Dr. Holzman said, we are looking at students that do have uh, different learning differences, and it, there is a wide range there. Most of our students are, you know, ranging, you know, in the average range there, some above and some below average range. Um not really anyone that has a real physical, you know, type of thing at this point. Um, but we we welcome we welcome all the different uh, differences, and we and that's why with the admissions time and the committee is looking at 
visiting with you, visiting with your child, looking to see what we can do to be able to serve your student the best way. And, you know, like we've said, too, we'd love to have all of the children in a family there so that the child that may not have as many learning differences or none (laughs) and those that have more needs uh, to meet their needs. So um, the age we'd have to look at. You know what I know in the in the public school we can go through uh, age twenty one twenty two so we'd be looking at that, making sure that that was a good fit for them that there would be somebody that they would be able to have social time with as well as being challenged academically so excellent Bridget, thanks so much for that because it is a quite a sight to see when you mix ages like that and and Diane Horner said it best at the school, the principal of the school today. She said it's a little bit like Little House on the Prairie, and everybody is really a family unit there, which is kind of cool. And I wanted one more kind of testimony of a parent. Colette is on the line, and she is, I think, has a great story and a great poem that she wrote about her daughter at Elam and the experience there. Colette, are you here? Yes, I am. It is so good to have you on the show. Thanks for being here. And and obviously, when I read this orchid story that you have, uh, really well done, by the way. But tell me the reason, like, tell me what inspired you about Elam Christian School at all to begin with. Well, um, pretty much what you've heard before, I had a, my daughter was um, 14, and she had really gone through, you know, just the mainstream school and struggled and um, really was wounded um, through the process because wasn't um wasn't for lack of great teachers, great schools. It was um really people trying very hard in but doing it in the traditional way. And, mm-hmm. you know, my daughter saw everybody trying really hard and not and she wasn't being successful and so she started really um becoming angry and really um developed a, a poor self image. And was just very frustrated and, um, you know, got angry and was sort of bitter. And I realized I needed to, you know, that the route I was going just uh, wasn't working and I needed to find something something different, something that would work for her. And um, I heard about uh, Elam and I thought we'd go give it a try. You know, just as we've talked about, um, went over there, talked to Diane and, um I just immediately, I mean, there was just something in my spirit that was so excited uh, for Hannah. And mm-hmm. um, so from there, I just um, started realizing and understanding. I mean, Hannah had been tested early on uh, multiple times, and we always came back with, uh, you know, mild um, attention deficit. And um, it just, you know, that wasn't resonating with me anymore because I'd seen people with other children with mild, you know, attention deficit and who were being very, you know, who were successful and, and, and doing well. And that just wasn't Hannah's story. So um, I knew we had to try something different. And this was, the orchid story just sort of came as, you know, God was trying to help me understand, um, you know, uh, Hannah, and um, just really understand his creation better, and uh, you know his design for people. So that's kind of you know what how this came about, and it was really me processing a lot in my own head and um, just coming to grips with you know uh, you know who Hannah was and or yeah. is and the beauty of that. So I'm going to ask you to to give us all a special gift, and will you read this so that everybody out there can hear it? Sure, I'd be happy to do that. Awesome. Okay, so it's um, just um, the orchid story. Uh, Orchids are often viewed as the most delicate and exotic of all flowers. Additionally, many believe they are extremely temperamental and hard to grow. Well, this is similar to how I used to think of my daughter, Hannah. She certainly has all the beauty of the orchid and is equally as delicate in her own way. What has changed is that I no longer view her as difficult or too hard to cultivate. I've come to accept that Hannah thrives in a different climate than some of the children she's gone to school with in the past. In her native climate, Hannah is blooming and growing and thriving. And in my mind, there are few as interesting and as captivating as she is. 
What I've realized is that I made the same mistake as others in thinking that I can grow an exquisite flower in the same manner as native plants. No matter how hard we try, the orchid was designed by God to thrive in a specific climate, and in that climate, it is a vigorous plant. Interestingly, few fault a plant or a species for being designed to have unique needs. Rarely are they assigned labels as special or deficient or having difficulties. They are simply accepted as plants created to thrive differently. Our children are the same. They aren't deficient. They are created by God to thrive differently. And this is what Elam accepts as true and tries to live out. Oh, wow. Colette, beautiful. I could not have pictured this show going better without that. So thank you so much for sharing that. And what a story of of really giving your heart to this school and giving your daughter to the school so that um, I think both benefited from that. So thanks so much for being on and reading that and really sharing that with a lot of parents out there right now who are listening and wonder, wondering where to send their school. Um, that's really cool. Thanks so much. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. And before we end the show today, I wanted to be able to have one more shot at Dr. Glenn Holzman because Dr. Holzman, final words. I mean, there's so many, like you said, testimonies from parents. There are, you know, uh, board members, y'all, who are working hard behind the scenes to help the school grow. There are the students and the families who took the risk to put their children in this school that are thriving that would not be happy in other places, most likely. So just any final words you've got in the last couple minutes that, that, that you just want to share with the community about Elam? I would remind them of our mission, and that's to provide a biblically-based, Christ-centered education for students of all academic abilities, developing their full potential and inspiring them to live for the glory of God. And our motivation is, is simply this, Tom, that children are made in the image of God. They're precious and deserving of a Christian education, we believe. And many children learn differently, and those differences are not bad. It just makes the children unique. And uh, there are a few Christian schools in Houston serving children who learn differently, and so we want to fill that that gap. And there are a few private schools that do work with students who learn differently that are faith-based, so we want to fill that gap as well. We believe that Elon is called by God to offer Christian education to, to all children, especially those who learn differently. And we are depending upon, upon him to, uh, to provide and to draw people who uh, have children who have those special needs that, that we can serve as he leads us. And um, it's been exciting uh, that to watch the first year and now we're into our second year. And uh, we know that there's a great need out there, and we just encourage people to come by and visit and see if we might not or Elon might not be the school that will fit the needs of their students and uh, bring hope to them for their kids to be all that God would have them to be. Boy, couldn't have said it better. Y'all, I got to tell you for uh, Glenn Holzman to hear him speak, uh, very inspiring. And he lives the way that he speaks and the messages that he gives to people. And he really is the guy that you'd walk up to uh, very unassuming and be so kind and gracious and your vision with this school and God's gift to you of knowing how to kind of assemble and corral and, and have this team together has created an awesome thing in Elam school. So Dr. Holzman, thanks so much for being on the show today and, and sharing what you know and what you feel and what your heart says. Well, I work with a great group of people and wonderful parents and students and it is a privilege. Well, thanks so much for being on, and definitely go to elamchristianschool.org for more information on the school, and it is sitting out there. Bridget Hughes, thanks so much for being on. You were awesome. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. And Michelle Martinez, I thank you so much for being on as well because, boy, what great insight as a parent you gave from the front lines of a student, your very own son that's at that school. So thanks so much. Thank you. And again, one more time, thanks to all our callers out there, all of the listeners. There were a lot of them tonight, and I would love to follow up later with some more on Elam Christian School. But once again, go to elamchristianschool.org. It is here on the west side of Houston, Texas, 
and you can definitely head out there to visit. If you want more information on this show, you can go to my website at tomstevens.us. But other than that, it was a great show, great group of guests, and if you want to learn more about a great school in the city of Houston, Texas, go to elamchristianschool.org, and we will see you next time.